Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Okay, welcome to the American Liberty Saturday Call. Uh, I guess we had a little glitch and the phone hung up on me. Um, And that could be due to uh, 
my online service. I got hit by electric this uh, uh, this week, and it knocked my uh, my my system down. Uh, is there nothing on the phone line? It's dead. Okay, can everybody uh, can everybody hear me? Type yes in the chat board, please. All right, nothing. Nobody's chatting. Okay, let me let me write it in there. Okay, I got sound now. Okay, great. I can hear you. All right, I can hear Chappie now. All right. Uh, okay. Yeah, it was. Um, you know, I, they gave me a new modem after the electrical storm, but. I got some issues with my computer. I got it worked out somehow. Anyhow, uh, I was watching Fox News this week and about Hillary Clinton, and you know, and, and you know, Fox News always has A and B. You know, whether you be the uh, the Republicans and the Democrats, it really doesn't matter because I think the results are still the same at the end. And what happens is. Uh, you know, they'll talk about Hillary and how she's ducking the emails. And and it's a fact. I mean, you know, like one guy asked two questions and and Hillary, you know, and, and the one question was about her email and the other question was about something in general. And she said, well, I'll answer your one question. You have a right to that. And, um, you know, and just did not want to uh, answer anything about the emails. And, of course, she's making jokes about it earlier and so forth. And then the Democrat side, when they want to respond to the issues on on a direct question about the fact, they want to, you know, they start off, they go all the way back to Reagan and Bush, and they go back to Bush and uh and whatever the bald-headed guy's name was, and, you know, and all this, and, you know, and they don't answer the questions. And people, this is what the IRS does. This is what the DOJ does. They, they you know, when you go at them directly and just, you know, it's a, a specific yes or no, they want to go into some la-la land in, in, uh, and making it making assumptions that has nothing to do with the answer you're looking for. And you know, we do the same thing. When the government is coming after us, we want to oh, we want to talk about the all caps name and we want to talk about, you know, the gold fringe flag, which that hasn't come up lightly in the in the last uh several years, which is pretty good. And the bankruptcy and the Federal Reserve and all this. And all of this might have everything. Um, well, excuse me, somebody said, but nothing on the phone. That's because you're not on the phone. You're just on the laptop or on your computer. And you're hearing me through the computers. you got to dial in to hear me on the phone. Uh, <clears throat> but. But you know the <coughs> excuse me. So we you know we hear we want to bring up all these issues, and that's exactly what the GOJ wants wants you to do. They couldn't be more happier. I mean, it, you know, I picture it like they're standing in the corner, throwing their arms up like they're ready to do the one, two, three knockout putt. <coughs> excuse me. Okay, quick joke. I'm back. Like they want to do the one, two, three knockout punch, and that's what they're going to do. You're going off for five, fifteen years or whatever, and they're doing all this, uh, and you're saying, "Oh, they're not following the Constitution. They're not following the laws. I'm not named in the statutes." But you know, you never argued that you're not named in the statutes. Because if you, you know, especially if you're doing dealing with the IRS, because you're only mentioned in the regulations and not in the statutes. And so by generically or, or, or uh, not generically, but uh, 
generally saying, hey, I'm not mentioning the statutes. Well, the fact is you've got to show them who is named in the statutes. And what facts are you relying on that any of the ones named is me? What facts are you relying on that the individual in, in the chapter one is me? I'm only named by regulations. And people, that is so darn important. You know, I hear this over and over and over again every week. We hear Dave saying the same old thing. And a lot of people say, man, I don't need to keep listening to this. I already know this. But yet, when you get in front of the judge or you get in front of the DOJ, I bet you you want to look for other resources. Or what am I going to do? What am I going to say? And you got to stick to the point. That's why when you read Section 83 book, the you know the code breaker, uh, Section 83 equation, and you and you get the videos from from us about the, how the tax code applies and does not apply. And and how they're they're just like, stealing your money. It all comes together. It's all relative, okay. And anything outside that box, you're you're walking in dangerous ground. And and so you know, and that's what really brought out when I was watching the Fox News what they were doing. They were bringing all these other issues, and the one guy, I mean, couldn't be better. He says, you see, they won't answer the question. They still won't answer it. Even she can't answer it. And and it just shut her up instantly, and they moved moved on. So anyhow, um, I'd like to bring on Dave Mar- Marlin, our guest. And uh, Dave, what do you got to say today? Well, uh, I underscore. Hello, Dave. Hello, Dave. Okay, this might be a magical trick to see if I can get him back in. I may hang us all up. Uh, okay, Dave, if you, if you can hear me, I can't hear We can't hear you. And if you can, uh, if I try to hang up, I don't know if you hung up or not, and if I... Uh, um, Okay, standing by. Okay, I'll try to call you. Hold on. Hello. Okay, there we go. Go ahead. So, uh, I was saying that, uh, it's very important to understand that uh, I can get the government in the same position, but it's not about answering the questions. It's primarily about the fact they're breaking the law. And if I'm wrong, then, of course, you pursue a line of questioning that proves uh, they know what they're talking about. So uh, at any time... Uh, somebody says they can't answer the questions in relation to my work, they can't answer the question about conclusion. And uh, the, I think the, the most uh, popular or uh, the group with the most notoriety for having questions is we the people who in fact uh, had a stable of experts um, Sherry Jackson, Joe Bannister, and a bunch of others, and they came up with a list of 537 questions because they wanted knowledge of the tax code. I have the knowledge of the tax code. I have my conclusions, and I don't have questions until they tell me I'm wrong. We the people started with questions. I start with my conclusions. One is ignorance of the law, and the other one is knowledge of the law. I start with conclusions. I have all these conclusions. They can't refute them. And uh, just a few days ago, I wrote a response to the government's brief in that lawsuit you've heard me mention 
It was filed in U.S. District Court. And just as I predicted in the lawsuit, uh, the only thing they can talk about is everything is frivolous, everything's without merit. Oh, the courts have ruled against these arguments for a long, long time. Show me. What court cases are you talking about that ruled 26 CFR 1.1-1 is consistent with Section 1 of the tax code? None. Not one. Which case, because you just told us that the courts have ruled, what case compared 6201A and its reference to stamp taxes to 26 CFR 301.6201-1A, the implementing regulation that doesn't even mention the term stamp? None. Which case got into the regulations under Section 83, namely 1.83-3G, and determined that the term any is not all-inclusive? None but it's the best they can do against my key issues. The lawsuit also asked, uh, we want the court to affirm that um, when we have statutory arguments, we're not sovereign citizens. We're actually whistleblowers. So don't lump us in with the Patriot movement. Don't uh, slander us, libel us, stigmatize us as some kind of fruit of the loom over there uh, filing false and fraudulent securities with the Treasury asking for millions of dollars. Well, it's frivolous. The courts have declared, every, all the courts have ruled on this, Your Honor. Dismiss the lawsuit. Show me. They don't have any cases that discussed the issues presented for administer, uh, judicial review of administrative action under the Administrative Procedures Act in that lawsuit. They don't have one case. And yet, they told the court, well, the courts have already, everything's frivolous, Your Honor. And then they, they made a mention of this plaintiff and a mention of that plaintiff and, and then generalized, mischaracterized so that they could drag up a couple of tax protester cases from people who didn't know anything about tax law and they claim that that disposed of these arguments. It's void for vagueness uh, that when you uh, enforce the tax code and the government can't even go on record with its own interpretation of Section 83 that explains how to tax all compensation. It violates our rights to due process they don't even consider Section 83, and that makes it an exaction, not a determination of liability. An exaction is where they just pull a number out of thin air and burden you with proving that they're wrong. And uh, regulations themselves say that an exaction is a violation of due process. So, oh, the courts have already ruled on this. Really? Show me the case. Well, you know, you know, Your Honor, come on. That's their best argument for these claims. They've had my briefing on this since 2006 when it went to 80 members of Congress. Since 1993, when I first started hitting them with Section 83 administratively, since 1994, January, when Section 83 argument first went into litigation, five times to the Supreme Court by October of 98, and the best they can do is mischaracterize it, avoid it, not mention it, and ask the court to declare everything's frivolous. Everything the citizen ever said is frivolous, Your Honor. You understand. Why don't we dismiss this case? You don't know anybody because, really, there's no nobody out there with conclusions to begin with. Number two, they can write a lawsuit. Oh, here's what they didn't say. 
the government did not say, Your Honor, the IRS isn't subject to the Administrative Procedures Act, and so he's not properly before the court. Cool. So the Administrative Procedures Act is the way to sue the United States. They said you can't sue the IRS agent from the Criminal Investigations Division. No big deal. He wasn't served with a lawsuit to begin with anyway. I knew everything would end up against the United States as the only plaintiff. Big deal. And uh, they simply said as the grounds to dismiss everything was that it was frivolous. Well, frivolous doesn't get you out of the Administrative Procedures Act unless the judge wants to come out right in public and fondle his corruption in front of everybody. And the judge will. The judge will do exactly that to prevent the government from having to undergo review. Despite the language of the Administrative Procedures Act, 5 U.S.C. 706, that says the reviewing court shall look at the agency action that's been complained of and determine whether or not it violates statutory scope, uh, if it uh, is an abuse of discretion, if it's unconstitutional, whatever. And they won't do it. So they're going to dismiss the lawsuit because everything anybody has ever said is frivolous, despite the fact they can't present a legal argument to the contrary. Now, if you didn't understand already, now do you understand what judicial corruption is? You will not get access to the law. They will not allow this lawsuit to proceed. They will dismiss it. Because it's frivolous. Even though the government can't provide its own interpretation of the law to put on the record. This assistant U.S. attorney, through that allegation, broadly, generally, at eight different specific claims, didn't even mention four or five of the claims, maybe six of the claims, specifically, just said everything's frivolous. That's corruption. You can't have access to the law. You're just a citizen. So, as I predicted, and as I forecast in the lawsuit itself, uh, the only thing anybody will get out of this effort is the right to say that they sued the United States for proof the tax code applies to Americans, and the government still can't put on record its own interpretation of the law. I have an interpretation they can't refute, they can't contradict with a contrary briefing, because I got 40 decisions in my supplemental briefing of that congressional complaint that was filed a year ago. In fact, a year ago on Thursday, Thursday made a year since I filed that supplemental briefing, 40 cases. You'll see them, uh, these excerpts on the federal income taxation page of WeVGov. 40 cases where the government, uh, the courts, cite Regulation 1.1-1 as an authority. You're not a non-resident alien. You're a citizen of the United States. Here's the statute that imposes the income tax, and here's the regulation that says you owe it. It's just a regulation. Where in the statute did it say that I owe it? Oh, now it's frivolous. It wasn't frivolous in the 40 cases where they needed to cite an authority that says U.S. citizens owe the tax. But it's frivolous now that you challenge it as a mere regulation. Oh, I see. You know, Your Honor, the courts have struck this down so many times, except for those 40 cases over there. Now, Anybody who heard me talk about these law, this lawsuit, you heard me say, I'm going to pull their pants down in public with the law. It's easy to do. I've done it before. In two, August 2nd, 2005, U.S. District Court, San Antonio, 
uh, I'm sorry, Austin, Texas, uh, the judge issued a protective order barring the plaintiff from asking questions about the law. He sued. He says he's got 12 questions under three conclusions. Number one, this regulation deviates from statute or citizens of the United States wouldn't even know the tax. Number two, Title IV, Section 72 says the Secretary of the Treasury can't operate outside of D.C. without statutory permission. Where is it? And number three, uh, Regulation 602.101 only authorizes or only requires of Americans that they file the foreign earned income form. The form 2555, OMB number 1545-0067. And under those three issues, there were three, four, and five questions, total of 12 questions. And the U.S. attorney asked for a protective order against discovery, which was those 12 questions. So I did it in 2005. The protective order was exhibit number one in the congressional filing of uh, January of 06. And the protective order is the last document that you see on the key to the code video on my YouTube page that I pasted into the chat earlier. Somebody can do that again for me if you want. And so I knew that they have nothing to refute these conclusions. My conclusions about the tax code are valid in the biggest of ways. How did the tax code uh, reach the 50 states? It reached it by virtue of 26 CFR 1.1-1, a regulation that says citizens of the United States owe the tax. And number two, how come I owe a tax on the value of my labor? You can't do that, can you? No, they can't. The tax code says all property is a cost, and that destroys Social Security as well because Social Security is an income tax. And self-employment earnings in Chapter 2 and FICA wages in Chapter 21 are compensation for services. Section 83 applies to all compensation for services. And so Section 83 destroys Social Security also. We've never owed a penny to the IRS in capital gains or tax on compensation for services. And I prove it with two arguments. And I've just succeeded again in pulling the government's pants down over these issues. I knew I could. They know I can. And they see this again nine years, nine and a half years after, well, let me see, uh, it's been 10 years since that protective order was issued in Austin, Texas. So 10 years apart, the same two arguments and the same results. The government can't talk about it. There's your proof again. I cruise around YouTube. I found the website of Eddie Craig. He's got 500, I think, something like 500,000 hits on his Right to Travel video posted in 2013. How do you do that? 500,000 hits? And I'm scratching just to get a hit here and there, a view on my YouTube channel. It's distressing that I can say about the biggest two issues concerning the tax code, I wrote a lawsuit, I'm going to go in there and pull their pants down, and then I do it. Everybody knows I can do it. I did it in 2005. I've been on the web forever, at least since uh, before 2005. Nobody's interested. And yet I go to some of the uh, Weiss Paris their YouTube channel, thousands and thousands of hits. How do you get through to a pack of morons that want to be sung a song? It's elaborate. The briefing that you have to write to expose these issues, but it's already written, and it just went into court again. The court sees everything, and the government still has the nerve to say hey, everything's frivolous, Your Honor. We can't prove we're not stealing, but everything's frivolous. You understand. 
So here you have the Department of Justice that views the courts as its buddy that will always protect the government from the letter of the law. And this assistant U.S. attorney, Aaron Gallagher, truly believes the government should steal from everybody. How do you do that? You took an oath of office. The furthest thing from decency you can get. I'm going to take an oath of office to uphold the law so that I can get a job as a public servant and the taxpayers are going to pay my salary. And then I'm going to steal money from them. I'm an American public servant. You don't have a country. You have an open sewer surrounded by razor wire, and I've just proven it again. Again. There's my YouTube link right there. Do I have the keywords on my videos? I don't know what that means. That means when you when you produce the video and you put it on YouTube, you're able you're able to put keywords in there like. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah! I did all that. They're called tags. Yeah, tags. And yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you did a search for income tax or IRS, of course my videos come up. People aren't interested. Why? Well, because it takes me an hour and thirty nine minutes to fully explain that argument about. And it takes me something like an hour and 17 minutes to explain Section 83 in the video called Internal Revenue Ruling uh, 2007-19. So they just aren't interested. It took you 20 years to bring it to the table, and they don't have 10 minutes to – and they want their their answer in 10 minutes. Yeah. So uh, their problem – But when you look at it broad scope, they have character flaws. And those character flaws have arisen directly from the habits of the anti-tax movement. All these people out there jumped to conclusions and wrote their curriculums based on conclusions that aren't based on solid research, exhaustive research, And they don't have the tools to properly analyze law and interpret statute. They don't have it. Pete Hendrickson is a moron. And he wrote a book and got who knows how many people in a lot of trouble. Liens, levies, penalties, interest, and prison. Destroyed marriages. And gets on a a talk show week before last and says, I'm the best tax lawyer to ever come along. He's a moron. I got an idea. I'm going to scholar.google.com right now. And uh, I'm going to, let's see, S-C-H-O-L. Scholar.google.com, and I'm going to click on case law, federal courts, and I'm going to type in Waltner. And cracking. It's a tax court case. Waltner versus commissioner, and here comes the link. Give me a second. It's so long that TalkShoe might not permit the whole link. Let's try it here. Uh, Somebody want to acknowledge that that's the entire link? Oh, yeah, there it is. Okay. Waltner versus Commissioner Tax Court took the time to write a book review of cracking the code in that case. And that's a riot. I typed into the chat when I was listening to this show that Pete Hendrickson was on. I want to hear what Pete has to say to the people that have landed in prison for doing what he's talking about. Never got an answer. I was there 27 minutes. 
I typed that, typed in that question the first five minutes of the show, and uh, I finally told the host on the chat, I can't stand this guy. I can't take it. I got to go. Call me anytime. See ya. Always a pleasure. While he stood there and bragged that he's the greatest tax lawyer that ever lived, and he's grossly incompetent. And I've never seen, and I've only read 4,000 decisions, so uh, I, I might have missed my opportunity to see a book review written by a judge. I've never seen a court write a review of a book. And here it is in tax court. They did it for Pete Hendrickson. So get tax court's opinion of how bogus the book is. And uh, I wrote a review of Cracking the Code. I'm typing that in with one hand right now. And uh, I'm glad to give it to you. Slash this. Slash that. And then check the spelling real quick. My review of Cracking the Code. Here comes the link. There you go. It's in PDF format. That's Dave Merlin's review of Cracking the Code. And, uh, uh, yeah, I wasn't going to glorify Pete Henderson by saying where he appeared on TalkShoe. So, anyway, um, my review of Cracking the Code, tax court's review of Cracking the Code, and the guy sold tens of thousands of books. And he said on that show that he got $12 billion in refunds for people. Let me see, $12 billion in refunds, a six-year statute of limitations for the government to indict those people, three years for the government to challenge their tax returns. So let me see, uh, $12 billion, that means they, there's no way the government could go back and get everybody leaned and levied with penalties and interests they simply don't have that much staff at the IRS. And so you're going to have people out there saying, hey, Pete Hendrickson's stuff works for me. It's been six years. It's been seven, whatever. And it'll make it sound like Pete Hendrickson knows what he's doing. No, all he succeeded in doing was giving the government, creating for the government a pool of people from which they can draw inmates and victims of levies and liens with penalties and interest. He made the government a bunch of money and earned the government a whole bunch of terrible press against the anti-tax movement and landed more than likely dozens and dozens of people in prison. That's all he's done. And for that, he's the best tax lawyer to ever come along. Just ask him. Read my review of Cracking the Code. Read Tax Court's review. Uh, he doesn't have the lexicon of a scholar. He uses very strange terms. Can't write a brief to save his life. I read his appellate brief, and so he's not experienced writing briefs. Claims to have had some success on state level for a bunch of people. That doesn't mean you're a you're scholar enough to analyze a title like 26 USC. You got to have a lot more respect for the law and a lot better education to go about deciphering something like our tax code. And I got that education first. Then I wrote my treatise in 1994. I mean. The steady diet of case law I had in the first several years was mind-bending. And uh, he sells tens of thousands of books, and still, nobody cares. They go to these other sites, and they watch all these videos and get their minds filled with uh, feces from the barn floor. And uh, it it's... I can't help them. 
they have to open their uh, their mind long enough for me to get information in it, and they won't. So uh, all my courses are on um, wevgov.com. If uh, let's see, offensive strategies is course number two. That's not on the web. If you want that course, contact Chris at his email address, uh, AmericanLiberties.llc at Gmail. He'll type it in there. And uh, the learning, I, I don't teach you anything that you don't need to know. And I try to teach you everything that you need to know. And from where my courses leave off, it's a matter of experience. I give you all the warnings in the audio instruction that our system is as corrupt as the day is long. The prosecutor will jump every way but into a valid legal argument. And when they avoid it, you know you've got them. Keep pounding on the argument. And if it's a crime for the judge to persist, file criminal complaints against the judge, get them to recuse themselves, and, uh, and you're on your way. But there's a learning curve you have to undergo. Uh, when you're done with my courses, you're equipped with the knowledge, and then it's a matter of actually opening up one of my files in Microsoft Word, copy and paste it into your own file, and rewrite it for your own criminal complaint. Rewrite your own small claims action. And start accessing the courts. And... Uh, report violations of the law on the part of the cops. And I argue inside the box. It's what I do. But I go a step further than, you know, all the lawyers out there, they ask the question, gosh, is my client innocent in a criminal case? Is my client innocent? Well, I'm going to go there in there and fight for it. And they don't take the second step of, by prosecuting an innocent person here, my client, by prosecuting my client, did the government commit any crimes? Man, there's a whole list of answers that pop up. Yes, they did. This crime, that crime, this crime. Well, should I file a criminal complaint against these public servants for doing that? And the lawyers say, no, I'm going to go on to the next client because I got a mortgage to pay, I got a light bill to pay, wife and kids to feed. You can't blame them for that, but... I act in the other column. Was there a crime committed? Yeah. Well, I'm going for it then. You bet. I'm going to get some people in trouble. I'm going to convince some people that they really screwed up when they chose to talk to me. And that's where I operate. It's in the box, but outside of the normal realm of proceeding. So... Um, Let's see, guest four says, had no clue I needed something else and trusted you guys to guide me when I made my purchase. Uh, guest four, this is why we have calls twice. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, I can only do so much. Um, I'd like to jump in uh, and just say, we don't know what you don't know. Uh, we don't know... Uh, what you did and did not understand, but we're always available. I mean, we're not, I don't uh, think on. any. Okay, go ahead. Chris, the, the question was uh, in the criminal complaints course, which is course number three, uh, in there the audio probably says start with course number two, offensive strategies. And there, there's a component of that course that says criminal complaints. And uh, we can get you course number two. Uh, it's just... Uh, I don't offer it for sale. Um, I'm trying to focus on the stuff that that has the sharpest points on it. But we'll get you course number two if you want it. Just email Chris. And uh, don't think you need course number two as much as you might think you do. Uh, the criminal complaint course and course number four are marvelous. But we'll get you course number two. Just email Chris. So um, the the box of arguments that I use is a box aside from standard operating procedure of attorneys 
and all the patriot community out there. They're satisfied with getting their case dismissed. Well, I like to get a case dismissed because I'm waving handcuffs at the offender. I don't like them to just say, oh, you're right, you're innocent, case dismissed. I want them to say, oh, geez, we prosecuted an innocent person. We can go to jail for that, case dismissed. Totally different litigant. And uh, back to YouTube, uh, I go to these other guys' websites, and they're getting hundreds of thousands of hits in just this last year. I've been up on the web uh, on YouTube for about a year and struggle just to attract people to my website. I got a few hits lately on the right to travel because of my appearance on the David Tulis show, which is the uh, an addition now to my talk show archive at 59615. You can listen to that. But he's got a big, uh, big audience there in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and they've been hitting my right to travel video, but um, it's uh, it's disheartening to know that my history goes back so many more years than all of these other people and my competence is elevated. My writing ability is astronomical in comparison with everybody else out there and no one's interested. So uh, I am going into another business and I'm going to leave all this behind me and, uh, what Americans do with it is their business, their prerogative, but uh, I can't stay. Nobody's interested. Uh, you look at my calls, and uh, uh, there's one call where Pete Henderson appeared a couple weeks ago, and uh, she gets 100 people every time she's on the rate on TalkShoe, every time. Uh, last week, her guest was Glenn Ambort. Well, in 1991, I met Glenn Ambor at a seminar, and he was teaching non-resident alien. And in February of 1993, a woman that I was trying to help out of 1040 NR frivolous filing penalty problems died of a massive stroke because she was levied into poverty over it. And people tune in 100 at a time to listen to that asshole. And Pete Hendrickson. They got to know that uh, there's a bunch of blogs out there full of people that said, yeah, I got lien and levy with penalties and interest too. I'm thousands and thousands of dollars in debt now because of Pete Hendrickson. And yet, a hundred people will tune in to listen to the guy. Just amazing. And then you have me over here. I'm going to write this lawsuit. I'm going to pull the government's pants down and uh, watch me do it. And I go into U.S. District Court against an assistant U.S. attorney, serve all the right people with the lawsuit, coach the uh, plaintiff through how to file it at the clerk's counter, put all the, uh, cross all the T's and dot all the I's, and we got a lawsuit. And within 60 days, the government has to respond. We're going to get nowhere. The government's going to say ABC when it responds. And then the government responds saying ABC, just as I predicted. And then I write the response saying, here's what they don't deny. Here's what they didn't get to. And yet everything's frivolous when we got no interpretation of the statute that everybody says explains how to tax compensation. And then I remind the court that we knew all along the only thing we are going to get out of this is the right to say we sued the government and they can't deny a word of it. And uh, that's exactly what we're going to get. I told the, I, I predicted the future. I told everybody how it was going to go. It's exactly how everything went. The government can't refute a single thing about two key arguments that I told you I was going to pound on and the other ones, the other claims in that lawsuit flow from that. Uh, it's unfair to tax us and put us in prison when you can't come up with your own interpretation, blah, blah, blah. And the government failed again, just like I predicted. And yet I can't get any attention when in fact I'm able to do this out of thin air. Yeah, I can do it. I just did it again. Nobody's interested. 
and I've been on that show before, and uh, her audience is comprised of a bunch of people that aren't interested. So uh, why bother? <laughs> so uh, the movement is nowhere. It'll always be nowhere. And uh, um, I've been right all along to ignore it. Since 1992, I turned my back on the movement and did my own research, came up with my own bottom lines, my own conclusions, and uh, bingo. There's nobody else that can compare. And yet 100 people tune in to hear Pete Hendrickson say he's the greatest tax lawyer to ever come along, when in fact the amount of damage he's done is incalculable, as I told the... uh, the audience there before I tuned out. So anyway, uh, the lawsuit is about to come to a close. Again, the government will not decide whether or not 1.1-1 deviates from Section 1 of the code or uh, the regulation under 6201A when it omits the term stamp. They won't determine if that regulation deviates from statute, and they won't provide an interpretation of Section 83 at the same time they say it explains whether or not we are right when we say you owe a tax when you sold your services. So don't think for one minute that you have a country. You have an open sewer surrounded by razor wires and patrolled by Nazis that call themselves public servants. This is not a country. We are captives. And your your relationship with government is the same relationship you have with the person that runs up with a pistol at a red light and carjacks your car. Okay? So I uh, did it again with this lawsuit, and uh, the plaintiffs are going to get a joinder that they send to the court and to the U.S. attorney saying, I hereby join that opposition pleading where the lead plaintiff filed an opposition to the motion to dismiss. And uh, I have the same, uh, the same issues with the court against dismissing this lawsuit. And then the court will dismiss the lawsuit because you can't have review. It's only America. And uh, if you would, um, email the link to my video page on Take From Caesar at YouTube uh, to everybody in your circle and see if I can't get the number of hits up. And the way I know that the uh, appearance in Chattanooga, Tennessee is paying dividends is that public vehicular travel, I have 738 hits. Key to the code, I have 937 hits. That's 199 hits difference. It was 240 hits difference. And the public vehicular travel video has been hit a lot of times in the last uh, couple weeks uh, because the gap has narrowed from 240 down to under 200 now. And you might also uh, take in the other videos I've added in the last uh, three or four days. Uh, Actually, the last two weeks, the collapse of the credit system. Two weeks, it already has 584 views, 11 views for uh, the one called Economy. And then there's another one about um, what British Muslims want. And then another one, uh, Islam in the U.K., Uh, Europe has extraordinarily unmanageable problems with Muslims that refuse to assimilate and uh, they want their own seat on the city council, their own seat in parliament. They want Sharia law, which is for losers, just losers. And uh, 800,000 refugees just left Uh, Syria, and they're flooding Europe now. Germany is building refugee camps. Unheard of. Unheard of. So uh, this goes back to the United States' refusal 
to send troops back into Iraq to deal with ISIS. And before that, it goes back to our early withdrawal from Iraq. And now the problem's there. Everybody's leaving. Northern Africa, uh, Iraq, Jordan, Syria, people are leaving. And they're flooding into Western Europe. How many of those people are going to stay in Western Europe? Depends on how long ISIS exists. And it exists for as long as the U.S. does not go back into the Middle East and kick its ass. So Western Europe might be gone. And just the gravity of that sentiment right there, that question. Western Europe might be gone forever. Their culture was just overwhelmed with Muslims. It was already leading to that. Sweden is the rape capital of the world because of Muslims. Norway just deported 7,000 Muslims and uh, the crime rate fell by 70%. So Western Europe is history. You're looking at it right now. It is a Muslim continent, officially. Uh, It's the news of the day, folks. It really is. And you won't get it from our mainstream media. They don't care about anybody. They don't care about anybody. And uh, Western Europe is history. It's very sad. So, hey, just a couple questions. I'd like to wrap this up quickly. Chris? Okay, I'd like to I'd like to add something. I'm reading this court case. This is a pretty good uh, court case, Wartner versus Commissioner. And it says on page 41, <clears throat> or uh, I guess it might be page 41, um, if there is a single truth to crack in the code, it can be found in all caps in the forward. If you have taxable income, you are subject to the income tax. And he's right, absolutely right. If you're subject to the income tax, you're liable. And and then he says, this is known as a tuology. It is a statement that merely repeats itself. It says that taxable income is taxable. There you go. And, okay, and- now, taxable income is gross income minus the deductions. That's right. Allowed by the allowed by this chapter or the subtitle. And so what is gross income? You don't have taxable income until you've deducted the allowable deductions from your gross income. So you have to have gross income to ultimately have taxable income. If you have gross income, it's because Section 83 has operated, because Section 83 determines what is to be included in gross income. And that's the step they leave off. Gross income is 61A, and they start there. And if you start in 61A, you just lost Section 83. The equation flows away from 83 from that point. Yeah. And then it ends up, a research, you know, that he puts on there that he tells that, uh, uh, oh, I lost my place. Oh, man. Uh, Anyhow, he says that he's a... uh, he's a researcher. Um, okay, I lost my place. Never mind. Okay, well, is, okay. Is there any? Um, yeah, read this. Uh, read this court court case. Uh, he he put. It, I'll put it in the uh, chat again. And there she goes. And the uh, it's a pretty good court court case. He does uh, he does quite well with it. And you know the. Um, the thing, you know, whatever, and just for my side, because people do discuss this with me later, and I really don't want to discuss things later like this, but so that's why I want to say it now. Pete Hendrickson has his point of view. He has his, you know, he has what he believes to be true and so forth. But you would think after all this time 
that he would say, well, something is wrong. I mean, I went to prison. My wife is now in prison. Many people have gone to prison. So so many people are still touting they got their money back and they're not being bothered. That's so. The IRS wants those people not to be bothered. You know, Hitler used to call these type people useful idiots and uh, because they would go out there and tout bring a crowd, they would do a raid, kill everybody, and then move on. So it is, you know, it is something that you you got to, you know, you've been forewarned, and when you and when you use your own common sense, that like like David just brought out in this, they were talking about taxable income, and where and now you got to decide where to start, and where or where do do they want you to start. So you know you gotta you you gotta you man you really gotta get on your feet on this okay um, okay is there any comments questions or statements uh, good yeah stuff. Add, add, add add to add to that Chris that um, Pete Henderson despite what he has seen in my work insists Section eighty three is irrelevant and so he not just has his own belief he's obstinate to the point of dereliction. Yeah. So if you show somebody the truth, something that contradicts what they think they they know for a fact, uh, an honest, what is it? You show an honest man the truth, and he, he either uh, starts telling the truth or he ceases to be honest. Yeah, when a like man that. who is honestly mistaken hears the truth, he will either quit being mistaken or cease to be honest. There you go. My favorite quote. Yeah, I, I wasn't familiar with that because I've always been the other. If I'm mistaken, I'd rather be right than president. Show me. And if I'm wrong, I admit it. And on this, I simply am not wrong. The plaintiff says, hey, I want to sue the IRS. I might be indicted. And I say, well, in 2005, here's how it turned out. And we do it again in U.S. District Court in South Dakota. Turns out the same way. The government can't talk these two issues. So. Yeah. Okay, everybody. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for coming on the call. I'd like to mention uh, just just a couple things. So everybody wants to hang up quickly. This is a commercial. One is I'm going to be putting out an article about the history of viruses, you know, when it, when they first came out for computers. It was back in 1981. Well, because of that, it, it created a market for antivirus software. How many computers today have antivirus software? Every one of them. You wouldn't be on a computer on the Internet without it. If you did, you wouldn't last a week. And there's some people like... Uh, like yours truly and many others that even having virus software got destroyed because they're they're polymetaphorphic or something like that. And uh, they change now in the malware and they can do, you know, very corrupt things. And now with the keylogging software that was invented several years ago, Criminals use that as well as the government. Don't you don't you think for a moment, or do not think for a mo- moment, that the IRS would not use anti-keylogging software, or the government, or the DOJ, or a business competitive to another business? Keylogging software is so simple. It is uniquely simple to put it in malware where you can download, where everybody can watch what you're typing. They can get your passwords and so forth. So, you know, for three dollars for three seventy five a month or as high as five dollars a month, you can protect your computer and your cell phones now. So, you know, and um and keep because your asset protection is starts. In today's technology, asset protection starts at your keyboard, 
There you go. See, a lot of people are leaving because, eh, we don't need the protection. Don't worry about it. Okay, well, those people one day are going to call me and say, God, man, I wish I listened to you. I just got wiped out of my bank account. And I got five or six people that I know that exactly what happened. And so uh, don't be a victim, okay? And then we have crowdfunding. Join a team, man. That we want to create this noise all over the world, and I'm going to be I'm going to be sending out books and everything to uh, to get this out there. Okay. So, uh, with that being said, man, God bless everybody. God bless America. Yeah. Hang, talk, hang on. Oh, uh, when you stop the recording, I got a couple comments I want to make afterward. Oh, okay. So anyhow, I want to just say God bless America. And God bless you all. And let's get the show on the road. And this call is officially over, except what you're not going to hear. <laughs> Hold on, please. You're going to hear. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.